It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Today is Wednesday, November 18th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, Lockdown Twins host. The Twins are a huge part of my life every single day and uh, have been now since I was a young boy growing up as a Twins fan, and I'm so glad that I'm able to bring you content on this podcast. So today we're going to continue our Twins season in review uh, with the third quarter of the Twins season. We've been doing 15 games at a time. This third quarter is fascinating. I've been having a really nice and fun time doing this because I think it's interesting as we look at trend lines leading into 2021 and the big pictures, the big takeaways from each quarter of this season. And it just kind of gives us our main themes for the year. You know, in 2019, with 162 games, the theme was the Bomba Squad. Unbelievable offensive output, above average pitching staff, and and just a really good club. 2020 was different in 60 games, and they won in different ways. Every year is so different, and it certainly was in 2020. So we're going to do that. First, follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Twins for more Twins content all offseason long as we push through and wait for more hot stove news. Today, Robinson Cano tests positive for performance-enhancing drug. He is out for the entirety of the 2020 season for the New York Mets, and they have another $24 million to spend because he forfeits that salary by not playing. Uh, Steve Cohen, of course, the new owner of the Mets, is the richest owner in baseball, has really deep pockets, and now gets an extra $24 million. Jeff McNeil can slot in at second base. The Mets have a lot of money to spend, and they are expected to be some of the biggest players in this uh, this free agency. George Springer's out there, DJ LeMayhew, Trevor Bauer, Masahiro Tanaka. Two of those guys, of course, free agents from the Yankees. So it'll be interesting to see if the Mets go over and steal LeMayhew or Tanaka from their crosstown Yanks. I expect the Mets to get one of those names, certainly, and I think they'll get one of Bauer or Springer as well, especially in a time where you know, you expect a lot of these payrolls to decrease this, this offseason. I think the Mets are in a really unique position, and the Twins have been reported to be in a spot, not like the Mets, but in an aggressive spot as well, where Jim Pollett has said you know, they don't expect he's not looking at 2020 as needing to make up money. He looks at 2020 as a net loss. He says he needs to look at 2021 for more money that's going to be lost over more games. Uh, That's his main focal point. It wasn't perfect what he said in Lavelli Neal's piece, but it made sense to me. So we'll continue to look at the Twins payroll situation and how much money they spend this offseason. I think consensus people expect it to be in the 125 to 135 range. That would be a decrease from 2020, but there is some risk built into that, as Polad said. So we expect it to be about 125 to 135 million um, for the Twins, and that gives them some spending room, 30 to 40 million actually in spending room potentially and there's a big difference between a 125 million dollar payroll and a 135 million dollar payroll the difference could be Jake Odorizzi the difference could be Nelson Cruz so 
to say it'll be between 125 and 135, that's a huge gap, and it kind of goes to show what we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. We don't know how teams are going to spend. We think we have an idea of how the Twins might spend, how other clubs might spend, but we're not going to know until it happens. So we will continue to survey that as well. Let's look at the third quarter for the Twins games, 31 to 45 in the 60-game schedule. Uh August 25th to September 8th, this range. So the end of the first month of the season into the second month of the season as you wrapped up three quarters, which is crazy, 75% done after this stretch. Uh, the Twins had an up and down quarter. They had two games at Cleveland to start this 15-game stretch. They lost both. Three at Detroit, we remember, the doubleheader they lost, and then they lost the next day in a Kenta Maeda start on Sunday. Horrendous horrendous series at Detroit. I would argue that that was their worst series of the year when they got swept by the Tigers, the last place Tigers in Detroit. That was terrible. Three versus the White Sox, they come back home. They lose the first game of that. So six in a row, they lose. They drop two to Cleveland, three to Detroit, and then another to Chicago when Luis Robert hit that Trevor May slider at Target Field. Come back and win the next two. And a big part of that was Byron Buxton returns in game two of the series. They win that. He makes a great catch. And Josh Donaldson returns in game three of that series and he has a big game has an rbi double and a single and just looked great that was a huge huge deal for the twins to get those two back arguably the two best players on the team byron buxton and josh donaldson in terms of just a value standpoint being how valuable they are to this club the twins then had five against detroit because they were making up some games from the weekend before rain out and they will go four and one in that five-game stretch then they had two at st louis and that double header that weird double header day and they split they won the first game lost the second randy domnack got tagged in the second game uh, donaldson had a huge day nelson cruz had a huge day and you felt good about that offense uh, at that point so in that 15 game stretch seven and eight 75.6 win pace it started off terribly six straight losses then they go uh seven and seven and two to finish off which is the loss to detroit and st louis Still, you know, 75.6 win pace. It wasn't a good quarter for them. By series, Cleveland, they're outscored by five runs. That Detroit series, they outscored by nine. They outscored the White Sox by three and outscored Detroit by six, outscored St. Louis by two. So the run differential in that quarter was negative three. Let's look at the offensive leaders after this word from Bill Barr. Also the offensive anchors and the pitching leaders for the Twins in the third quarter of the season. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. Built Bars are really delicious, and they're even deliciouser now with new flavors. 18 amazing flavors plus 6 new flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and perhaps most importantly, they're healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I say this all the time, coconut almond bar. Five grams of net carbs. This bar is delicious, and for a type 1 diabetic like me, five grams of net carbs is a game changer. Plus, right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, you get a free cooler with your purchase. It's only going to last for a week or so, so stay tuned. But go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. These bars are delicious. These bars are healthy. They don't taste like a protein bar. But they are, and they're good for you. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKDOWN, 20% off. Offensive leaders, guess who? Guess who? Who do you think was the offensive leader? Nelson Cruz. Hit 359, or excuse me, 349, 440 on base, 
651 slugging percentage for a weighted runs created plus of 227. That means he was a 127% above league average hitter in terms of runs created. Miguel Sano hit 240, 321 on base, slugged 520 for a 125 weighted runs created plus. So Nelson Cruz in this 15-game stretch, and these are guys with minimum of 50 plate appearances. We'll look at guys with less than that in a little bit, but these there were four with 50 or more plate appearances. Nelson Cruz, the difference between him and the second place, Sano, was almost 100 points of weighted runs created plus. That's almost 100% difference, uh, which is massive. Jorge Polanco hit 286, 321 on base, 429 slug, 102 weighted runs created plus, probably right in line with his career. Um, just this disappointing year from Polo. And then Eddie Rosario in 53 plate appearances was bad. Hit 240, only a 283 on base percentage, and slugged 483 weighted runs created plus, 17% below league average at creating runs. Not good for your cleanup hitter. Some other notables, Marwin Gonzalez in 46 plate appearances, so just under 50, hit 125. Guess what his weighted runs created plus was? Zero. Zero. That's the same as Nelson Cruz being at 227, basically. Um, Nelson Cruz was 127% above league average. Marwin Gonzalez was 100% below league average, which is nutty. Josh Donaldson in 26 plate appearances returned and was fantastic. Hit 316, 500 on base, 737 slug for a 227 Weighted runs created plus right on par with Nelson Cruz, just less plate appearances, and that was the name of the game for JD in 2020. Byron Buxton, 19 plate appearances, hit 316 as well, 316 on base, 526 slug for a 125 weighted runs created plus. Brent Rooker comes up and was great, 120 weighted runs created plus, 20% above league average. And Ryan Jeffers comes up, 292 he hit, 393 on base, 417 slug, 129 weighted runs created plus. And that was kind of the feeling from this quarter reinforcements define this this quarter we'll get to that after the pitching leaders and it starts with michael pineda who also returned another reinforcement 277 era was amazing 13 innings 204 fip 0.6 fangrass calculated war wins above replacement was awesome jose Barrios, 16 and two-thirds you see him start to turn his season around at this point 378 era 373 fip still not great but a 30.6 percent strikeout rate Rich Hill is pretty solid, 338 ERA in three starts. Taylor Rogers, let's respect when Taylor Rogers had good outings. He had three scoreless outings, three scoreless innings with five strikeouts in the third quarter. Matt Whistler and Caleb Theobar combined for 11 and one-thirds innings pitched, scoreless with 16 strikeouts. More reinforcements, Caleb Theobar. The offense over this span 99 weighted runs created plus, right about league average, 1% below. That was tied for 20th in baseball with the Milwaukee Brewers. There's no reason the Twins should ever tie Milwaukee's offense in anything, even in a small sample. Uh, leaps and bounds better, way more talent than Milwaukee, and that's with Christian Yelich having a bad year as well. 316 Woba, 22nd in baseball. 2.0 Fangraphs calculated war for the offense was 15th, and a 7.2% walk rate was 24th. And I, I like to see a higher walk rate for sure. Pitching staff, 435 ERA was 14th, but a 350 FIP, and that shows you the defense was bad. 350 FIP was third in baseball during that span. 26.8% strikeout rate was tied for second with Milwaukee, and 2.5 Fangraphs calculated war was third. So let's look at the trend lines here, the big picture, the takeaways from the third quarter. Again, reinforcements, Josh Donaldson, Byron Buxton, Michael Pineda, Brent Rooker, Ryan Jeffers, Caleb Theobar shaped this quarter. Those guys came back, and they helped Turn this team around after the six-game skid. Helped him hit better against lefties. Josh Donaldson homers against Matt Boyd. Byron Buxton hits right when he comes back. 
Uh, the Twins did hit 200 with a 564 OPS in the first five games of this quarter when they went 0-5. Uh, and they hit 226 with a 65 weighted runs created plus versus left-handed pitchers. Tarek Skubal shut him down, I believe. Matt Boyd shut him down for the most part. But bringing those righties in helped a lot, those reinforcements. Jeffers, Donaldson, Buxton, Rooker, all of them right-handed. All of them helped that. The defense was bad, and the Twins just weren't playing well overall. The defense was really bad. 350 fielding independent pitching, that's with a league average defense. That's what your expected ERA should be. Essentially, that's what the Twins had. And I mentioned that was third best in baseball in the third quarter, but their ERA was almost a full run higher than that, and that's because the defense let their pitchers down. And then the offense just deteriorated into this third quarter. In the first quarter, the offense averaged 5.07 runs per game. And even then, we were saying, what's going on with the offense? Then the second quarter, they averaged 4.47 runs per game. Third quarter, 4.07 runs per game. I think you'll see in the fourth quarter, that number will go up. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Nelson Cruz, though, didn't deteriorate. Uh, Not in these first three quarters, at least. Weighted runs created plus by quarter with an American League rank. First uh, first quarter, 173, that ranked seventh in the AL. Second quarter, 226 weighted runs created plus, that ranked fifth in the American League. And in the third quarter, 227 weighted runs created plus, that tied for fifth in the American League. So top five to ten hitter in the AL all year, if not top two to three. Tied him with Franmil Reyes and Rowdy Telez in the third quarter. We will find out tomorrow how he fared in the fourth quarter and how the team fared in the fourth quarter as they kind of trended into the playoffs here. But... I think a takeaway from this third quarter is when the team turned it around, they hit rock bottom, they lost that first game of the series to the White Sox in in what should have been a win, and they turned it around, and they turned it around because they got their two best players back. Josh Donaldson, Byron Buxton, Nelson Cruz is their best hitter, but Nelson Cruz doesn't play in the field and doesn't play in the, you know, doesn't obviously match up to the defense of Josh Donaldson and Byron Buxton anywhere. Those guys are, are leaps and bounds even above their competitors defensively. You get your two best players back. You get your anchor, an anchor in the rotation of Michael Pineda back. Brent Rooker comes up and hits the ball really well. Ryan Jeffers fills in admirably for Mitch Garver. And you see a turnaround. You see the Twins kind of flip the script and start to win games again with energy. It felt so many times, and especially in the six-game stretch, they had no buzz, no juice, no jump. These guys come back, and they provided that boost. And that was a main takeaway. They provided that boost. The Twins end up winning the series against Chicago. They take four out of five from Detroit. They split in St. Louis. Uh, It was just a really impressive bounce back from them and a team showing that they had the willpower to bounce back, and a huge part of that was the return of their best players. And and I think as you look at 2021, it's so obvious, but you need to say it, the health of Josh Donaldson, the health of Byron Buxton will probably shape how far this club can go. And that's scary with two guys with with bad track records of injuries, and especially Donaldson's calf and you know Buxton just everything. But it's so important for them. If those two can stay healthy, this is going to be an elite team again. I think they'll be a good team again anyway. But if those two stay healthy and they give you 130, 140 games in 2021, I mean, it's hard not to feel like this team can really compete for the World Series. Thanks for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow with the fourth quarter. On the Lockdown Twins podcast, I appreciate your ears. Go Twins, and let's see who the Wolves pick tonight in the NBA draft. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.